Hello, my name is Peter Barron. On behalf of Science Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, a holding cell of the misplaced where beloved umbrellas, books and scarves end up to discover quite how beloved they were. Some get reunited in minutes, like a fiver by your feet. Other fester, grow mould and occasionally become relics of a forgotten age. But before they're donated to the landfill site of the lost, they may turn up here on this podcast. Everyone is a little bit of a loser. Be it a fiver in the pub, or an acting career due to drink, drugs and being in I Know Who Killed Me, I'm looking at you, Lindsay Lowen, we all lose stuff. And we've all been lost too. Here in the Lost Property Office, I'll be guiding a guest through the items they've lost and hoping to distract them with some new items. Because this is not just a fake radio Lost Property Office, it's also a real one. Here on the ground floor of SOAS, I look after a university Lost Property Office full of books, coats and incomprehensible notes. And some more bizarre items lost too. I've invited my guest over a rummage and see what she can find. Who knows, the rightful owner may be listening and can come and pick it up. So let's meet today's intrepid Lost Propertyer. Welcome, Cat Stevens. Hello. So, Kat, you've been downstairs. What did you think of the office? Um, it was a dark and dingy place. Scary? Abandoned by all ye who enter here. The hope, you say? Um, well, no, everything was abandoned. Oh, I suppose you're right, by yes. By all ye who has entered here. Everyone, everything that had been entered has, been, has indeed been abandoned. Yes. And you had a good, you had a good, good little rummage around? I found had a something. rifle through. There, there's plenty of boxes down there filled with assorted tat. <laughs> and, and nonsense, indeed. Um, so you've got a few items. Um, I, I always like at this point to tease the items. Um, uh, can you um, wave around uh, I can. your item? Or? I'm, I'm waving a, a fairly light but very functional item uh, with many buttons on it. Ooh, buttons, okay. Buttons. Um, electronic, perhaps. Yeah, we'll... it's, it's a solar panelled. Ooh, okay, well, we'll look forward to seeing, seeing that later. Um, you've got a book. Can you read something off the back of the book? Uh, I can read it, uh, although there's a, a bit sun faded at the top. Okay. Uh, say goodbye to choosing a present misery with the amazing Gnomark catalogue. Oh well, I think you may have hinted what we've got there, but that, we'll, we'll be coming on to that later as well. Um, you maybe haven't hinted anything to anyone who hasn't seen it. So, um, and also, this is the first time we've had some music that actually comes off of a USB stick, as opposed to um, from the big massive wallet of. CDs that someone left ages ago. So you're very brave. Um, I've got uh, some idea of what might be on this uh, USB stick. But can you describe the USB stick? Because what drew you to it? Um, I've I've never been a great fan of American chocolate. However, I've never seen it before in USB stick format. Yes, so, it's, it's a it's a little bar of Hershey's milk chocolate um, with a flip out USB, USB uh, bit that you stick in a slidey USB. Yeah. Compartment. So um, yeah. So we'll look forward to listening to something from that it's later. It's like chunky. It's like more like the size of a Kit Kat chunky. Yes, it is, isn't it? I mean, not the whole thing. It's like a small, small truncated yeah. Kit Kat chunky in USB form. It's got that sort of proportion. Indeed. Yes. So anyway, Kat, um, welcome to the Lost Property Office, and um, you've seen lots of stuff that's been lost downstairs. I now want to be uh, don't don't be too traumatising here, but I want to take you back to an item that you've lost. Can you think of something that you've lost? Most most personal value or most financial value? Um, the most annoying thing, that, what inconvenient thing that I probably lost was a, a pair of jeans in Prague 
because I know I'm just never going to get them back. Mm. And it's quite cold in Prague. I don't know if you. I've been to Prague. It depends what time of year you're there. Like many, like many places. This was uh, October. Colder time of year. It's, it's very hot it's, in the summer. It's but... pretty cold. And uh, I, my luggage, I only had uh, a summer skirt with me and this pair of jeans. Right. But uh, I'd also, you know, there was, it was a mild day in Prague, and I thought, right, I'll, I'll wear the skirt today. Nice. And uh, the next day, when I decided to wear the jeans, they were no longer there. And where was there? Uh, a youth hostel uh, right, yes. near Prague Station. You, as, as we know, the youth hostel, the most secure place in the world. And so they may well not have been lost by me, mm. however, became made lost by someone else. You are you are tiptoeing into one of the saddest aspects of losing items, which sometimes items are not lost. Sometimes they are stolen. Indeed. Do you have any, any suspicions? Was there someone who was in the room who was sharing that room with you? I mean, obviously... It's a youth hostel, so there, there would was, have been there were eight people, people or something indeed. like that. Was it an all-girl room? It was, uh, but I had a, a cold. Worst, you know. I had a cold at the time, so my senses weren't at their sharpest. Because you think you'd be able to track someone down like that? Indeed, and in fact, uh, to remedy this cold, I'd been drinking with the barman at the youth hostel. All right, and yes. He'd been giving me medicinal uh, absinthe, <laughs> possibly. I'm not sure what colour it was. I, I can't remember now. But it's well, you know, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it did the job. But may have addled your senses. I, it may have uh, led to this tragic event of me losing my jeans. It's, it's odd, actually, because I've had a couple of guests already whose, whose items they've lost have been items of clothing. And it is quite traumatic losing an item of clothing. You don't expect to lose an item of clothing. It, my, the, the other traumatic item that I've lost is also a piece of clothing. It was a T-shirt with Scorchio written on it. Scorchio? Uh, Scorchio. The, what colour was the T-shirt? It was red with a, a, a yellow... Uh, flash bang comic, comic book Scorchio right. splash on, on the front. Was it official Fast Show merchandise or? I think it was, and I'd only worn it once before, mm-hmm. and I'd taken it to a school swimming gala. Ah, okay. Which was, it was my own fault, really, and I'd left it on the side while I was ogling uh, Tom Davis <laughs> in his <laughs> trunks. Well, you know, it's, it's part of the point of going to swimming. You like a lot of swimming, and I, I can't help but thinking that sometimes looking at the male bodies is part of the reason why you like it. Indeed, and uh, obviously this time I had not been drinking medicinal liquor. However, I was intoxicated in a different way, Ooh. and therefore my uh, awareness was possibly a little bit inhibited. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we've we've had so we've got the the jeans which have been stolen from a shared room. We've got. Uh, a t-shirt stolen from a changing room. Yeah. Um, as I say, you you did a lot of swimming when you were when you were younger. I did. And changing rooms. I mean, did, were, were there lockers at the time? Did you always lock stuff away, or did were you often in the situation? I remember certainly from swimming. You just kind of leave stuff. You do, especially if you go a lot, because you don't have twenty p pieces to put in the locker. You went. You tend to run out, even if it's uh, reusable. Uh, when you get the money back, mm-hmm. when you unlock it. Uh, you still use it because you and spend it on a Kit Kat from yeah. the vending machine afterwards. Yeah. Well, a Kit Kat chunky or a Hershey bar. <laughs> but there were no Kit Kat chunkies when I was smaller. But certainly, um, no, there weren't in my day. Saturday either. afternoon would be go to the swimming pool, go do some swimming, and then all the loose change you built up all week, vending machine, exactly, and then and then arcade machine. Because you'd use that. It was the when you get the money back from the locker, then it was it was like your reward, and you've done all this exercise, yeah. all this hard work, and you can now treat yourself to a packet of Benson salt and vinegar crisps. Indeed, or a, a caramac. Yes. Oh, oh no, the caramac that was that was my joy from a, a swimming swimming pool vending machine. But it was always interesting because um, the cost of swimming was never a round figure. 
you'd always get about 80p worth of change out of it. Almost as to say, we know where that money's going to go. Yeah. It's almost as if they know. Especially if there were two of you and you both had 20p, then you could use it in the extremely high-tech Dextro Energy dispensing machine. yes. Which had a strange little drawer system rather than, much like a sort of cigarette vending machine instead of a... Actually, I was thinking of a different kind of vending machine, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Rather than the the twirly crisp packet one, which corkscrews round. And and therefore leaves your crisp packet hanging on the edge of a never coming down indeed whether the dextro one uh the problem there was the jaw drawer would always get jammed yes instead yeah. and you didn't have enough energy no to pull it out because that's what you were going for the dextro energy exactly tablets for but they they cost 40p rather than 20 yes they were more expensive because they were scientific indeed and very tasty very tasty so do you think it's possible there might be someone out there walking around in your old jeans with a scorchio t-shirt on trying to steal your life in a single white female way Possibly. If they're eating Dextro Energy tablets, then I definitely know for sure. Sounds like that's exactly the person we're talking about here. Well, we'll, we'll try and put together a photo of it. Well, we're going to go for your first track, um, which is on um, this uh, USB stick. And um, we've got a machine here, which I can plug it in. And it actually comes up with a track list of MP3s, or at least the names the MP3 comes on. So this one um, is called Japanese Ninja Number 1. It doesn't say anything else. Uh, I know nothing about it. Apparently, if I fade this fader up, it will start. So let's see what happens.
Um, that was Japanese Ninja number one. I don't know who it's by, but if anyone does know, can they please put it in the uh, freakytrigger.co.uk comments? Kat, what did you think of that? Uh, I loved it. It was uh, very rousing. It was very rousing, wasn't it? Um, I did like the way that all of the song was about Japanese Ninja number one, apart from the last 30 seconds when it suddenly became about... Uh, a Japanese geisha number, number one, one, which yes. coincided with the key change. Indeed, which makes sense mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, it's moving things up to another level. You were saying that um, you would listen to that if you were doing something in particular. And you... Yes, uh, if I was uh, maybe a producer or a director for uh, maybe a, a Japanese manga series, mm-hmm. yeah. then I would use uh, just the solo element for that, the instrumental in the middle, uh, as incidental music for whenever anything was happening. That sounds like an, an, a good thing to do, indeed. So anyway, um, we've, we've, we've found out about the things that you, something you've lost, a couple of things you've lost, clothing, you're now sitting here naked in front of me. Um, what have you found... Love. Oh. But now I found it, I don't know what to do with it. Oh, no. <laughs> You're quoting a lyric at me, aren't you? That was terrible. So, I, I okay. apologise to listeners everywhere. I know, it was nice, it was good, it was good. But, yes. uh, but one of my talents is finding things that belong to other people. But that's they've lost them and you found them, right? Yes, or they didn't know that they lost them. Right. Um, but, but I've noticed that a thing is there. So, uh, for example, my other half tends to uh, empty his pockets and leave wallet, keys, uh, phone, just lying around about yeah. the house in random places. Mm. Which is fair enough, we all do it. However, he tends to forget where exactly he's left them. But what I do is I will notice the exact spot. I'll just be sitting down somewhere and say, ah, the keys are over there. Right, and then later, when this becomes an issue... When it becomes an issue, I'll say, like, have you looked underneath the LRB? And he'll go, oh, my God, how did you know? Because you left them there and I saw you you leave them there. But nevertheless, as you say, it's quite a skill. It is a skill. And uh, the key is not moving the thing into its proper place. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise it's just not impressive at all. No, no, I can imagine. So at that point, so... Um, if you've found uh, the, the marmalade, mm-hmm. but you know that the marmalade's always in the cupboard. That's, yeah, the marmalade cupboard. What's, no, there's no fun in that, is no, there? I guess not. But if you put the marmalade in the fridge, and it's <sighs> not normally in the fridge... I can see I can see where you're coming from there. But do you, is there now a point where you think you may be doing this a little bit too much on purpose so you can be the awesome finder person? There's no malicious intent to all this. I don't know what you're implying. <laughs> Just say it's possible that you know, there's a... I'm trying to make myself look better by finding things yeah, after I've hidden yeah, them. Yeah, maybe. Okay, don't tell anyone. I think people may have just found out. So, Curses. Is there is there anything really impressive that you found in that way or that sort of saved the day? Um uh an iPhone charger. That right. was that was very useful actually, I which I I had I hadn't really uh meant to do this uh, the uh, the the method I described as in just paying attention to something, noticing it. Mm-hmm. But my subconscious had noticed that Hmm, that's unusual. The iPhone charger is uh, underneath one of my knitting books. Oh, right. I just saw the little end poking out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, well, I didn't really uh, con- consciously memorise that that was there, in a, like I sometimes do. <laughs> as we just mentioned, yes. <laughs> yes, as we just mentioned. But then it was a, a race against time. sort of like, we need to find the iPhone charger because uh, I need to... Charge my iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> It's a mo- it's a symptom of modern society. I know, I know, first world problems and all. Um, okay, so that's and, that's and and it came in very handy that I could just call up there that little bit of subconscious memory and say, "Have you looked under my knitting book?" 
there you go. And, and there it was. You are in touch with your subconscious. Yeah, in a way that of. lots of other people aren't. It is a bit of a superpower. I think it's impressive, and certainly a lot of the people who have left some of those items, those those umbrellas, lots of umbrellas down there, weren't there? Yeah. In, in the office, it would would die for that kind of ability. Umbrellas are slightly more tricky because you tend to be moving around mm. when you're using them, uh, whereas if you're if you have put something down and then you just can't find it again. Yeah. That's that's trickier because you know where the umbrella is going to be. It's going to be in the pub. Yes, yeah, no, that is that's always true, and that's where most of the umbrellas are found. They came in, it was wet. They left, it was dry. Didn't feel the need to go. Where is my umbrella? And yeah. it's gone. Whereas yeah. if you're at home and you've put your umbrella down, it's going to be near the door or in the bath, depending <laughs> on how raining it has been. I oh, see. So you put you put an, a wet umbrella in the bath. Yeah. I just just let it dry in the hallway. But that's Do me. Do you have mold problems in your house, Pete? <laughs> no, actually, only in the bathroom, and that's not due to the umbrella. It's due to uh, my tenants not closing, the, op- not opening the windows when doing hot showers. But that's my own personal hell, and let's not get into it. Um, you just mentioned about being at home. Um, next question um, is about not being at home. It's about being lost, physically lost yourself. Um, are you the kind of person who gets lost? I used to be. When I was younger, I would always be wandering off uh, uh, without my parents' permission or knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, probably the the most extreme example of this was we were on a holiday in Austria. Right. Uh, It was a skiing skiing holiday. Nice. Very nice. And I was five years old. Okay. So very small. I don't don't really know how to ski. So I just, they plonked me on the nursery slope Mm -hmm. for the entire week. Just go up and down, doing a bit of snow plough. Do you think they mistook nursery slope for an actual nursery? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. And uh, my older sister was sort of cowering back in the hotel room, sort of, uh, hit, you know, not really down with the whole physical exercise thing. Right, yeah. And uh, my mum and mum and dad were off merrily enjoying themselves mm-hmm. on the main slopes. And uh, it was uh, one day at the end of this, uh, uh, the, the lesson I was doing on the nursery slope, and mum and dad hadn't come back to collect me afterwards. And so I decided to go and find them. Of course. And uh, I remember having arrived at the nursery slope in a cable car right so you uh, think there's a cable car there or yeah so i thought i would go well uh, they must have be at the other end of the cable car right that makes sense and i i stepped into the little cable car but it was going up and not down to ah, where okay you're going the wrong way was. right and i got out of the cable car and it was at the top of this mountain in kitzball and it was snowing quite a lot up there again it does that when Almost it's a and- blizzard yeah, skiing say. slopes and near the top is more likely to be snowing. And and there were lots of very tall people ho- holding huge skis that were twice the height of me. Yeah. And I sort of got out and said, um, uh, is mum here? <laughs> <laughs> and lots of uh, Austrian men sort of like shaking their heads at me. <laughs> had they all assumed you were with someone else at the time? And... I think they had. Right. And uh, eventually I was found, but I, I think I went up and down in, in the uh, cable car For quite some times. time. Um, when, when reunited with your parents, were they a little on the worried side? Uh, not, no, really, not really, no. no. <laughs> I said, well, at least you tried, you know, you showed some initiative. Oh, that's good, that's trying good. Trying to look for us. Yes. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't run off for a while after that. Right. But uh, I, I had had other yeah, past form in this, like, uh, getting lost at Thorpe Park. Right. And, uh, oh, not in the magnetic maze. No, no, this, uh, this was one of my very earliest memories. I, I could have only been about three or four. Yeah. 
and I was wandering around and uh, you know it was quite windswept yeah. then uh, there wasn't really much going on apart from the teacup ride of course especially if you were just three or four yeah and Fort Park hasn't got much going on bar a teacup ride anyway and a no. maze that is just on the ground and not actually a maze but what it did have was the uh, Thought Rabbit mascot oh a scary rabbit that's a scary rabbit it was incredibly scary especially if you're a six foot tall dude in a rabbit costume towering over a tiny lost girl saying yeah. hello little girl <laughs> have you lost your mummy and daddy you're mine now that's <laughs> just stand stood there screaming and screaming and then my granddad found me oh that's good well he, he clearly was good at finding you by your by piercing screams <laughs> I, think, I understand me, that's how parents do it. And he said to me, do you want your photo taken with the rabbit? I'm like, no! I'll just say, just take a photo fit of it so you can take it straight to the police. It's just it's for our inquiries later. Was, so it sounds, yeah. it sounds like you, you were a, a bit of a loser as a child or a lost little girl. I, I was a bit lost. But you found yourself now. I have, that's yes. Good. I, I, I've found confidence. Yes, and, I have uh, confidence in you having confidence. That's great. And more of a homing pigeon element as well. Yeah, I think once you know the area, it is an ageing. I, I certainly don't get lost as an adult, but as a child, yes. That, that, some of those stories are relatively reminiscent of mine. Um, I think before we jump onto our next track, I just want to uh, examine one of your objects. And let's um, take your object. Object. Uh, let's... Can you tell what it is yet? Um, well, let's see if I can... I wonder if it's my speaking version of this object. I, no, I'm sure it I isn't. don't think it is, but try it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, it's got... Let, let me describe some of the buttons. We've got a button that says abs. Abs. abs so on it, it. it summons up... Um, the, the spirit of abs from five. <laughs> and also log. Ah, it summons up a, a log. Uh, uh, hype. Sin. Cos. Mm, I think I'm Tan. guessing what it is now. Is it? It is. It is a, it is a Casio calculator FX eighty five ES two way power natural display. Nice. Yeah, it, it looks pretty fancy actually. It's an electronic scientific calculator. Yeah, it's bigger than my hand almost. That's quite big for a scientific calculator. Very big. I wouldn't say this is a pocket calculator. No. I'd say this is a bag calculator. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not the type of thing that you'd use very often in SAS because we don't have any scientists here, but uh, you have a uh, degree in computer science yourself. I do. So you could probably reprogram that to uh, take over the world. Uh, quite possibly. Um, or at least be able to talk. Yes, <laughs> which it doesn't awesome. do. doesn't do at the moment. Though, whilst it doesn't talk, of course, you can write things on it. You can. And uh, earlier on, I had a go at writing a classic, hang on, assume if you can hear me pressing the buttons here. Uh, uh, let's see, five five three L L seven eight o o eight and a magic one hundred and eighty degrees scientific uh, rotation. Rotation, yeah. Boobless. Boobless. Oh, that was that's shocking. It uh, is. Yes, I mean, it is in the end what you do with a calculator. You write boobies, you write boobless, you write boob. And you can write hello if you remember to include the decimal point. Exactly, because, yes, because it starts with a zero. Because it starts with a zero. Zero decimal point, uh, seven, seven, three, four. Oh, this calculator doesn't do it. Does it not say hello? What does no, it say? No, no, it misses out the zero. It just has the decimal point. It just starts with And they call this progress. I'm shocked to the pool. I am shocked to the pool too. That's just wrong. However, you can put log on it. <laughs> well, 
but log's not as funny as no. It, it depends. Or what, indeed boobies. No, no. But if you have boobies, log. <laughs> I know some men who probably do have a boobies log, um, and that's. And at that point, I think we should probably move to the music. So the next track. Um, now this one appears to have a band name as well as a song title. Uh, Vivid, uh, across the border. Any 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 ideas on this one? Uh, maybe it's uh, they're going on a journey. Uh, one thing I should tell you about Vivid, or at least in the uh, maybe because how they put it into the computer or whatever, but the cap the middle V is in capital as well. Wow! So big V, little I, big V, little I D. Cool. Let's find out. This is across the border by Vivid. <laughs> You're listening to the Radio and Rock Show here. So, Kat, how, how, how are you enjoying Vivid? Um, I'm rocking out as we speak. Uh, my hands are in devil horns. They are indeed. Yes, it's uh, you are. And you're, if your hair wasn't strapped down by the headphones, it would be uh, whirling around my head in a in a blaze of um, hair. Yes, um, it does remind me of the my, my time on the uh, terrific um, show, uh, the Pop World Cup. We'd get tracks like this quite a bit from um, foreign. Foreign, yes. Uh, I, I hear they like rock music In everywhere. Are you guess? Are you guessing where this is from? It's possible. It's probably Japanese. Yes, given the the other the Japanese ninja. Well, the Japanese ninja number one may have been called Japanese ninja number one because it wasn't Japanese. Maybe the band weren't Japanese, but they were singing in Japanese. And it, <laughs> because the song was about a Japanese ninja, they thought it was appropriate. I suppose. Yeah. Whereas I think this is in the just in the language of rock. It is, and it's a universal language that we all understand. Yeah. So this is the slow bit. Um, there's that two minutes left is the go. So I think I'm going to let this fade away underneath us. Yeah. Uh, In unrelated news, I hear that Hundred Reasons are reforming. <laughs> what made you think of that? Mm, I don't know. Well, they're playing at Sonosphere, I hear. Oh, so, so I so I understand. Yes. Um, yeah. Were you ever a metaler? Uh, I, I read every episode, uh, every episode, every issue of uh, Kerrang! magazine uh, because it was on the shelf near Sugar and Just Seventeen, right. so, and it contained pictures of nice men. Were they all nice? No, <laughs> no, they weren't. No, some of them weren't that nice, were they? But for every uh, um, 
Chris Cornell. There's a... <laughs> of all those, the first ones to pluck out of your head there. Yeah, the, 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 there was always a, uh, the other one from Feeder. Yes, yeah, 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 the other one is, is the one, yeah. Yeah, let's leave it there. Let's, leave it, let's, let's leave it there and um, let's have a look at your book. Oh, yes. Uh, let's see, what have we got here? Uh, obviously, I did such a great job of reading out from the back before, but I, I'm going to read a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, exciting breakthrough in publishing technology. Ooh, That's what could how, it be? Um, it assembles all the very best of... Oh, right. no. Here we it's go, yeah. compilation. It's uh, the spoof adverts in Private Eye's Christmas Gnome Mart. <laughs> <laughs> in one incredible book-style book. Yes, that's, that's exactly what it is. Years of brilliant gift ideas come together for the definitive catalogue of presents for the person who has everything and certainly doesn't want these things. Right. The wrist facts, the laughing duvet, the personalised light bulb, electric toothpick, Hawaiian screaming grass, uh, thermo brawl, pussy bleep. Yeah. And the singing sponge of barley, which is uh, mildly racist. <laughs> I can imagine it is. Have you got the singing sponge there or is it? Uh, let's see. Singing sponge, yes. Um... Amazing breakthrough in bath time leisure amenities, mm. the singing sponge of Mustique. For centuries, this sponge has entertained the dusky natives of Mustique. Oh dear. Mm. Mm. Oh dear, okay. Yes, that's my hmm face. Uh, with its haunting coral reef melodies. Simply place in water and be spellbound as the singing sponge fills your bathroom with its magical magic. Sorry, magical music. Magic, <laughs> Magical magic, that's the best way of doing best Indeed. kind of magic. And there, there is a, a quote, accompanying quote, as I have most of these adverts, uh, from a TV star, David Attenborough. Oh mm. yes, very clever again. That's, that's very clever, I, I see what they did there. Uh, no one has yet solved the riddle of the mustique sponge. Why it sings, no man knows. But once you have heard the haunting song of the sponge, you will long to visit this island paradise. Well, I kind of imagine that David Attenborough has already been to Mustique at some point. I think he's been everywhere. Not just to film sponges, but... No, to to, to kill them as well. <laughs> um, so were you ever a private eye reader? Um, occasionally. Uh, I would uh, pick up other people's copies, really, rather than going and buying my own. But... And would you say your favourite bit of private eye was the insightful newsy bit or the spoof adverts? Hmm. Well, it's, it's difficult to say. Much as I love a uh, revolutionary breakthrough in tobaccology, introducing aquafags, say goodbye to I can't have a smoke because I'm going underwater misery. Now for the first time you can light up on the ocean floor. Obviously, this sort of stuff's hilarious. It's yes. comedy gold. It is comedy gold, as you can hear from our voices. And uh, it's probably easier to fathom than the crossword yes. section. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing around, around something like this is that Maybe one or two spoof adverts in each edition of Private Eye. A juxtaposition to the very wordy, quite literate um, yeah. stuff that's in there sometimes. A whole book of it. It does get a little bit repetitive, especially when uh, uh, Say Goodbye to XXX Misery. Yes. Uh, it's your opening line of nearly everything in there. <laughs> and there's lots of things uh, that are luminous right. in here. And lots of things to do with umbrellas, which is quite... Uh, Fitting, given that we've been talking about lost property. Indeed, yeah. Are there anything that stops your umbrella getting lost that you found? Uh, well, no, but although there's there's a, the dicta brawl. Wait, don't waste time under your umbrella just because it's wet. Now, thanks to the revolutionary new dictaphone device from Taiwan, you can dictate vital letters and memos into the special microphone in the handle. So if you were trying to remember something else, mm-hmm. you could store it in your umbrella. Right, that's but clever. if you wanted to clever. remember where your clever. umbrella was... yeah. 
not going to help. And, and you spoke into the umbrella, that's that's not going to work. No, no. If you say, I left my umbrella here, remember to remind me, it's not going to work. I don't no. think they've thought this through, have they? When when was this when was this written, this book, or, or um, compiled? This was uh, published in 1990. But you get a sense that the actual bits in it probably go back quite a long way. Uh, yes, I mean, for example, we have a Robert Maxwell horror mask. <laughs> Lifelike rubber mask showing the world's most feared man will have your family jumping out of their skins. One size only, enormous. Three yes. pence plus that. Right, yeah, so in which case, yes, that probably goes back quite a long way. Oh, I've, I've just found... What's we've got? Let's, let's see this. Uh... Very fitting. Do you remember last winter? Don't get caught in the dark. You will never get lost in the dark again. Thanks to these new super new Canadian welly light electric rubber boots powered by own battery. Light your way as you walk. Fully guaranteed for three months. And there's a, a number of exclamation marks. I bet, yeah. After that. Send only £1 now and nine months payments of £3.65 each. I think that's what, that's what a pair of boots would cost these days completely. So Probably not in 1990, though. Do you think the person who's lost this book misses it? Well, not if they were wearing like <laughs> glow-in-the-dark rubber wellies. Uh, no, I, I think this is probably very much of its time. Yes. How, how far back does your Lost Property Archive go? Um, some bits, maybe two two years. So probably this wasn't lost in 1990. No, it gets the sense that maybe it was a second-hand book, maybe a stocking filler for someone. Christmas Possibly. has passed. They bought it in, they showed it to someone and then couldn't be bothered to put it back in their bag. It has the sense of something that's been lost... On purpose. On purpose, yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed, yes. Uh, hmm. Beat the sugar shortage and amuse your friends with the exclusive musical fountain pen artificial sweetener dispenser. <laughs> That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't does, it? Does it say on the back of the book how much it cost at the time? £3.95. £3.95, so uh, very much... UK uh, only. Yeah, I, I bet. No one else wants it. No one else can get it. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's, it, it's an interesting find, that, though. Um, I'm surprised it was down there, so interesting that it was it was there in, in the first place, and where it came from, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, it does have a bit of sun fading on it, say, so yeah. it must have been poking out, just the little top bit. Yeah, on, on a, someone's shelf sometime. In a pile, uh, but... Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Well, okay. We now come to my favourite part of the show because I have no way of telling this, asking this question that comes out that makes any sense at all. But this is the big esoteric and big, the big important serious question. Um, what do you think that we've lost in humanity and in, in modern life or whatever, or, or humanity as a as a that if it was returned tomorrow, if we found it again tomorrow, would make the most difference? The lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm the. It's, it's, it's lost. In its, in its very name, it it's is. very big. It, it was lost. It was apparently. Well, we don't really know much about the Lost City of Atlantis. That's the problem. Um, I don't know. Did you ever not watch Stingray ever? I, I did see Stingray. Um, and Isn't I mean, that where Aquamarina comes from? Uh, no, I don't think they actually. Never, I don't think they ever actually name anything Atlantis in. In uh, it might be an Atlantis in there, but. The bad guys, the undersea, underwater bad guys. Mm. Uh, with the, the monsters with flappy The bits. flappy gillies and all that kind of stuff. I don't know uh, whether they did. Um, I kind of assumed that they were. I mean, I wasn't really paying that much attention. I mean, I think the issue about, about saying that it is actually lost is the suggestion that maybe it isn't actually real. Does that matter? The idea of it, in in theory, would be a well. Good the idea to, is not to lost. To bring it back, the idea is not lost. But to bring back something that wasn't, I don't know if it counts as lost or not. Hmm. Um, I mean, well, it's uh, not lost in the same sense that uh, the library at Alexandria, no. Alexandria was lost. Yeah, and that's lost in the sort of destroyed way. But yes, yeah, but, but yeah, uh, and, and that. Well, I mean, Atlantis. If, if if Atlantis was real, 
then it was lost in a destroyed way because I don't think it's probably going now as a going concern under the water. However, if we could manage to bring it back uh, fully formed, and not only would we have all these uh, this knowledge and uh, super cool white robes and that... I think we, we can do super cool white robes if we want already. Mm, actually, uh, Tilda Swinton has been rocking... She does a super, good toga. ...super cool white uh, drapey outfits recently. She does, do, she, does, she does rock a toga. <gasps> Maybe she's the secret queen of Atlantis. Tilda Swinton is the secret queen of Atlantis. I've got a name for this episode. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, the yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if Atlantis were real and if we found it, then there'd be an awful lot we could learn from it from a histor- historical point of view. How to deal with uh, disasters coming up? Because if anyone did survive, then they probably would have. Uh, well, see, that's must... the thing. I think if they survived, then they probably they probably, no, probably have I... more information about Atlantis. So we'll probably find out how not to deal with. No, with... I, I phrased that wrongly. Uh, obviously, uh, however, they if Atlantis was real, then they were uh, overcome by some sort of disaster, an earthquake or a tidal wave mm-hmm. that made, made it sink beneath the sea. And so, obviously, whatever they were planning for, because they were super intelligent and awesome. We don't know they were super intelligent and awesome. Let's pretend they were super okay, intelligent Okay, they were pretending they were super intelligent and awesome. If Tilda Swinton's their queen, they've got to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true, yes. Then, obviously, they would have been trying to uh, think of a way to alleviate this disaster or protect themselves. And, obviously, it didn't work. Yes. So we can learn from their mistakes. Yes, in fact, as, you, as, as a computer scientist or so on, or as, so that makes you a scientist... The best results we get are our negative results sometimes. Absolutely. And also, they might tell us how we could get gills, and then I'll be able to like swim well fast. It'd be great. Yes. Yeah. I this, as a swimming fan, I'm, I'm very uh, pro-gills. <laughs> <laughs> it would make the life a lot easier, not having to breathe all the time. It would make the sport quite different, though. Um, it would be more, more interesting. Well, no, it wouldn't, because you wouldn't be able to see The people would be swimming underwater, you wouldn't be able to see them somehow. Yeah, but, but we could watch underwater as well. Oh, because we've got gills? Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, well, you're always saying we need to liven it up by having the obstacle course in. Yes. Well, of course, uh, as we know, um, a, a man with gills would be Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Indeed. Uh, I've, got, I've got a laser disc of Waterworld in my office. Um, it's not in a lost property, but it's actually in a real bit. I think if that ever gets played, the lost city of Atlantis may well be summoned from the depths. Rise from the depths, along with Godzilla and everything else under there. Okay, well, okay, Atlantis is in there then. Um, If 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 I can do anything to find Atlantis for you, I'll let you know. We maybe have you back if you see find that if uh, it really did change. It will change the world, even if it's just quite a cool holiday destination. Yeah. Um, So um, we're gonna play one more track um, from this. Uh, So. Um, I can't really read them out to you. Do you want me to just pick one at random, or I can move up and down the, uh, the dial say stop, and say I? stop? Yeah, uh, stop. Okay, um, and that is a track called Tengaku. Let's see if I can just pop this on the because it's like MP3s are weird. You kind of have to load them and stuff. But here it comes. But at the same time, this is awesome technology. I can do this. Indeed. So, okay, so this is um, a, tra- a track called Tengaku. I'm guessing, again, possibly Japanese, mm-hmm. um, because that's what we've worked out from the... Well, it could be from Atlantis. We don't know. Let's say this is Tengaku, the last song they heard in Atlantis, or if not the Atlantean national anthem. As the water was lapping around the their water ankles. Was <laughs> sloshing up. Um, I'd like to thank you, my um, guest, Kat Stevens, for being on the show. 
Thank you. Uh, don't get lost on the way home. I'll try not new, to. My new, my new. I've got my glow-in-the-dark wellies. I'll be fine. You, you, yeah, and it's, it's daylight as well. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back um, next week with Lost Property. So on behalf of Cyrus Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, uh, this is the last song ever heard in Atlantis, the national anthem of Atlantis, uh, Tengaku. The water's lapping up to their ankles yet? Uh, during the medal ceremony for the Olympic swimming, and they're going to be humming along to this. Oh I think this might be the reason why Atlantis went under the water. No, it's not that. It's not bad. No. Well, maybe it's like a hundred reasons couldn't get to play uh, to play their festival on time. Do you think Sonosphere may may vanish beneath the waves? <laughs>